There are three things that a person is required to say in his home um, on Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos, as it's close to getting dark. Unfortunately, emphasize that he should say it in his home calmly. It's even say that the reason why it says in his home is meaning that it could be as opposed to to his wife or to his family is that these instructions be heard only by the members of his home, in his home, meaning he's not screaming like a raving lunatic. Um, so no lunatics allowed. You're supposed to say this calmly, but you got to make sure as the man of the house to be responsible and make sure it's done right. And the three things you have to say are, isartem, have you tithe the food properly? Because food has to be tithed in Eretz Yisrael, and if food is not tithed before Shabbos, it's not allowed to be tithed on Shabbos um, because it's a dindurban, it's a shvus, because it looks like um, tikkun mana, like you're fixing something, and you can't fix things on Shabbos because the malach of makva patish. So therefore, you have to tithe your food before Shabbos. Second, you have to say eravten, are the eruvin in order? And this really refers to two different eruvin, says the Bartanura. One eruv we're concerned about is the eruv tchumin, that is to say, um, a person is allowed to adjust the his makom shvisa, the locus of his Shabbos life. Um, uh, by putting some food in a particular place, if not in his home. And a person is only allowed to walk 2,000 amos beyond the city limits that are surrounding his Makam Shvisa. So therefore, you might have to adjust your Makam Shvisa if you have to get from point A to point B um, on Shabbos. Therefore, the question is, have you made sure that you put the food where it needs to be put to make sure that the Arab is ready for moving around on Shabbos? The other kind of Arab we're talking about here is called the Arab Chatseros. Arab Chatseros is... It allows, um, if you have two contiguous Rishuyos Yachid, two domains that are technically each Rishuyos Yachid, they're private domains, meaning they have mechitzas around them, um, but they have um, different ownership or even joint ownership in the middle. So, you know, for example, if you have um, two apartments, and let's say you can imagine that between the apartments, let's say there's there's a corridor, that's a shared corridor, that's like a equivalent of a chatzer. So really, the whole apartment building is inside one building. It's got walls, mechitzas, rishosiyachid. You should have no problem with the rice carrying from my apartment to your apartment um, at all. But the problem is, Chazal were concerned that people start carrying from their home to another home or to a shared lobby and chatzer, etc., a shared shared facility. So then, over time, things could get out of hand, and people ultimately end up carrying from private domains to public domains. And therefore, they want you to... Um, be mindful of what's happening, and therefore you set up an Eruv, which is, and um, you put food, dafka, actually bread, in the case of Eruv Chatseros, into one of the, the homes, let's say I'll put it into my home, the box of matzah, and this matzah is for me and for you, and that being the case, we have been me'arev, Eruv means to combine, like, uh, yeah, combine, so we're combining our domains, and as much as this Rishaziyachin is connected for both of us, because um, we both have access to the, our food, the box of matzahs, and you have to set that up before Shabbos to allow you to carry on Shabbos between my house and your house, even though they're contiguous and both is a Rishasiyachit. So once you've set up those two things, Isartem and Eravtem, then you say, this is not a question, this is actually an imperative, Hadliku Eshaner, light the candles. Um, these are instructions to make sure the candles are lit before Shabbos, because again, as we discussed at the beginning of the parak here, you have a mitzvah of either Kavod and or Onik Shabbos to have candles burning, and therefore you have to make sure they're done and lit before Shabbos, since of course, on Shabbos, even from Benish Mashas, once the sun is set, you can't light candles because that's a malacha. Now, the Mishnah continues, Safik chashecha, Safik ein chashecha. If it's not 
certain yet, it's a suffix, it's a doubt, whether or not Shabbos has begun. So, Chashecha, nightfall, I'll turn to nightfall. Nightfall occurs um, when three medium-sized stars come out. Um, there's a period prior to that for about 13 and a half minutes called Ben Hashemashos, which is an intermediate stage between day and night, between the days, and we're strict during that Ben Hashemashos period for both the strictures of the previous day and the subsequent day. Um, so, if we're in that zone, the Ben Hashemashos zone, where it's not certainly yet night, it's sort of like that intermediate stage, so then um, certain things are forbidden and other things are permitted. Um, what's forbidden? Pretty much everything. You can't do Malacha the Raisa and you can't do Malacha the Rabbanan, the Shvus, during Ben Hashemashos. We're familiar with that. Of course, for us, the second the sun dips below the horizon, we treat that as Shabbos entirely and do no Malacha, whatever, even the Rabbanans. Um, the Bartonari here speaks out um, not quite like the sheets that we're accustomed to, that Ben Hashemashos doesn't bring, begin until the second star comes out, meaning the sun dipping below the horizon at first is still blaring day. It's only once the, the one star even showing still is daytime. It's when you have two medium-sized stars that Ben Hashemashos occur, says the Bartonari. In any case, um, the point is here that once Ben Hashemashos begins, Ein ma'asrin vada, you can no longer tithe your produce. Vada means produce that's certainly untithed, in contrast to demai, which we'll discuss in a second. Ve'ein you no longer can immerse your utensils in the mikvah. This would be either A, to rid them of tuma if they became tummy, however they become tummy, which would be a concern if you were particularly about eating your food batahara in a state of purity. There's no actual requirements ostensibly to eat peros, even peros, or it's according to most um, in tahara. So the tuma issue, the fact that you're killing or tummy is not a problem necessarily, unless you're particular to eat batahara, as many people were. The chaverim ate even their chulin batahara, their, their regular food. So you have to put your, your, your fork in the mikvah. Um, if it became Tame. Uh, the other reason why you'd be Tovel is the one that we're more accustomed to. Nowadays, in the, we don't have a base of Mikdash. People don't, aren't eating their Chulun B'Tahara world Tame anyways, and therefore we're not concerned about putting frog, uh, forks in the mikvah for the sake of Tuma and Tahara, but we do um, immerse our utensils, like a fork, in the mikvah if it is now being owned by a Jew for the first time, or to be more precise, if it had previously been owned by a non-Jew and hadn't been immersed in the mikvah because of the mitzvah to dedicate, inaugurate, consecrate your utensils um, for use in a Jewish home. And that being the case, if you buy a fork from a non-Jew, you have to first put in a mikvah, what we call tevilas kalim, um, and then after that you could use it. So the reason why you cannot do that on Shabbos is because it looks like you're fixing the fork, like tikkun mana, like I said before, regarding the tithing of the foods. And even though it's only ben hashmashos, um, and it's only durabanan of the prohibition of of, of toiling the kelim on Shabbos still it's forbidden um, because we don't even do shvuyos we don't shvusim we don't even do um, turbanans during banish mashas vein madlikenes aneros and also you can't light candles this is of course because light candles is a derais not a derabanan the bartender says meaning even if you have a non-Jew handy you may not ask the non-Jew as we discussed before with Amir Laakum you can't ask a non-Jew to light your candles for you on Shabbos even during banish mashas when it's only a question if it's Shabbos or not. However, you are allowed to um, tithe your Damai. Now, Damai is produce you purchased from an Amha Aretz. The story here is that when you buy from an Amha Aretz, during Bayashani time, they ascertained that while most Amha Aretz, most of them did tithe properly, 
a significant minority, minority did not. And therefore, the rabbis required you to sort of retithe, at least partially retithe, the produce you purchased from uh, Amha Arts, make sure it's done properly. That includes um, getting the Trumas Meiser out and also redeeming Meiser Shani is appropriate. The point is, that's only a really midoraisa. You wouldn't have to tithe it because the majority of Amha Arts do tithe already. Um, but here we're saying that since it's anyways only rabbinic in nature, your obligation to tithe it, and the rabbis didn't make that requirement to be applicable during Banish Mashas, the requirement to tithe uh, demai, because anyways it just looks like you're fixing something, and it's probably fixed anyways, and we want you to have food on Shabbos, and therefore we're lenient, and therefore we say during Banish Mashas, you are, yes, allowed to tithe your demai. And the mission continues, Umma Arvin, a second thing a person may do during Banish Mashas is set up an Eruv. Here again, we are talking about the Eruv Chatseros and not the Eruv Tchumen. Eruv Chatseros, again, to connect the Rishio Siyacha together. So since that's um, really a Durban that's, you know, quite quite far from this original Doraisa of taking from Rishio Siyacha to Rishio the Chazal were lenient and allowed you to do the set up the Eruv Chatseros during Banish Mashas. And finally, Vetomnen Esachamen, one may insulate warm, like say a pot, warm food on Banish Mashas, Erev Shabbos. The fourth parak will discuss Hatamana insulation of warm food at length. Um, so here I'm going to keep it a little brief. The point here is that there are restrictions on insulating food um, on Shabbos because we're concerned that one would use remets, um, like coals, ember, embers, um, hot embers, hot coals for insulation, and then you might come to stoke those coals and light them on fire again, and that would be a malach of the rice of mavir. And that being the case, there's restrictions. Here the mission says whatever the restrictions are, they don't apply on banish mushas. The reason why is because since the normal assumption is the food that's ready on Friday night, banish mushas, is already warm, you just cooked it, so there's no reason to be concerned people will restoke coals to heat it up because it was warm already. And therefore, we're lenient, and we say that hatamana um, insulation is permitted all types. Um, whatever's be permitted before Shabbos would be permitted during banish mushas as well. Um, even though when even though those things would not be allowed on Shabbos proper, we're lenient because the cup the containers are already soon to be warm.